0: Welcome to the technology podcast. I'm your host, Scott Catoon. Joining us on today's show, Dick Burke, CEO of Envoy Global. Uh, I'm going to leave the intro to that conversation short and sweet because I, I think it's worth listening to the entire thing. Not that all of my shows aren't worth listening to, but this one is because if you are a company, a founder or a big company CEO like McDonald's, if you want to hire the best talent in the world, and I mean the world, then you need to understand the the political climate, uh, the red tape, the financial, you know, impact of hiring immigrants, and we are in a weird little, you know, polar vortex in Chicago, but it's also a polar vortex in the political world, where for whatever reason we we don't want to be inclusive. We don't. We say no to having the best people. We want only half of them Uh, because that's smart business. But for those of you CEOs running companies, you probably think that you'd like the best access to everybody. And uh, Dick started a company that essentially helps you do that. He was very successful at cars.com and apartments.com and brought that same successful methodology to Envoy Global. And we talk a whole bunch about how uh, how to to hire the best people and how to avoid all the pitfalls and problems that exist uh, right now when you're trying to uh, place and hire immigrants. So it's a very interesting conversation. So you should definitely uh, check that out. Before we do that, we are going to do our startup inbox brought to you by Active Campaign, our partner, our friends at Active Campaign. Uh, I've tried a million CRMs and I ultimately. Didn't think this one was even like, I thought it was too good to be true, to be quite frank. Uh, then I tried the trial, and I loved it, and then we started a partnership, and now we actually use it. So if you got our email newsletter, which you can get by going to technori.com, it was brought to you by Active Campaign. You can know this by scrolling to the bottom of the email, and you would see Active Campaign. If you click on it, it'll take you to activecampaign.com slash technori, which then will enable you to get a couple of free months uh, using Active Campaign. And as the CEO Jason said last week on the show, if you are a founder... Well, you can just email us and if we have you on the show, you can get active campaign for a full 12 months for free because Jason's a boss and made that possible. So, as mentioned, Active Campaign that is our CRM, our automated marketing, our every everything dashboard and it can be yours as well. So, let's hit up the startup inbox. This is a good one. Everyone on social media is going bananas over this fire uh festival which was a uh, hot garbage fire, dumpster fire. Um, and the founder of Technori, Seth Kravitz, actually wrote a really interesting piece about the fire deck, which had circulated everywhere. And so it is no surprise that in the inbox this week was a question about fake it till you make it. The fire music app pitch deck, uh, is making the rounds as a spectacular mess. Why is the deck such an unethical piece of trash? Uh, okay. Well, that's a, that's one way to put it. Um, Here's the thing that's so interesting to me about this. And Seth, like I said, we're going to post it on Technori.com, so you can go to Technori.com later today or tomorrow, and you'll see the the very, very, very articulate uh, description of this that Seth Kravitz did. Um, but here's the the Cliff Notes version. If you were in our business, which is viewing startup companies, investing in them, looking at decks, Seth has seen about 6,000, and I've got to be somewhere close to that, um, they all look like this. This isn't abnormal. It's like the same slides in the same places. In fact, Seth breaks it down in the article where he literally shows you like this was where slide one went. This is where slide four goes. Everybody in this business, and the businesses until you're until you have customers, the business of techno or technor, the business of startups is raising money. That's the business you're in, and so you're creating a deck that makes you look bigger, bad, or faster than everybody else, and you're not. And if you're not, you just bullshit your way to it, and that's acceptable. I know that sounds, you know, swarmy, but it's not. It's acceptable. You are going to say we're in talks, the the old we're in talks, which basically means we're doing business with them already, but actually means I don't even know the guy. That's really what that means. But we accept it. I know that. As an egotistical person who's an investor, and I see that you say, We're in talks. We're in talks with Active Campaign. We're in talks with WGN Radio. We're in talks with B of A. We're in talks with MB Real Estate. We're in talks with all these people. I know. That, that doesn't mean shit. But what I do know is that as a big, powerful investor, I will be the one who can put you over the top. And those people you're in talks with will then become customers. And that little psychological trick just happened right inside of my head when I read that slide. That's why it exists. So we as investors and people in this community completely accept it. In fact, we would be surprised if you didn't put it. I probably wouldn't even take the meeting because I wouldn't see any logos. And I'd be like, well, who the hell are you? Nobody knows you. Why would I invest in you? So my point there is either the fire deck isn't trash or all decks are trash. And I'll leave that to you to decide. But personally speaking, if I were just to go back and look at you as a human being, forget about your deck. When you went and you met your, your spouse, partner, wife, husband, whatever it is. Did you tell the truth? Did you tell them you're in talks? Did you tell them you've got a great job? You got great money. Did you buy a fancy car? Did you wear your nicest shoes? Cause if you did, and then you da- you married them and dated him and then now they see you in crappy clothing, was that not just bullshit too? Weren't you just in talks? See what I'm doing here? It's all relative. Everything in life is about creating some sort of thing that we're you know that, that puts us on a pedestal or doesn't. And so the fire deck, in my opinion, is no different. It's a it's an app idea that just like his his uh, Magnesis bullshit credit card idea is uh, an interesting stupid, but very popular marketing hack uh, that people do. And he's trying to get people to buy into it. And if he can get a bunch of money and he can raise capital and build this thing out, then it could become huge. Maybe like everybody else. It's all, you know, like Mike Tyson said, man, it's all good until you get punched in the face. And most of these companies put out the most perfect looking plan that it is your job as an investor or customer to punch holes through. And if you don't, guess what falls on you so it is not a piece of trash or if it is all decks are pieces of trash and that ends my rant and that wraps up our startup inbox portion we are now going to bring the interview over to dick burke the president and ceo of envoy global uh, we've had several conversations uh with a, a ton of companies i'm sure you're uh, probably know most of these companies but about the uh, position of hiring and mm-hmm. getting talent and dealing with those that are not U.S. citizens yep. and how they want to figure out and continue to grow when, in fact, and this is – there's, we can get deeper into the conversation with you on why – um, but there's a talent shortage, not yeah. because there's a problem as much as there's just success, and there's a lot of people. Both, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it, d-
1: d- demand and supply are not in line at all. Correct,
0: correct. And so, a lot of companies, not even you know WJ included, um, are finding that the needs that they need to sat to satisfy for their business mm-hmm. are from other countries, yeah. and they would like to bring them on, whether that's uh, we talk to startups who want the co-founder or the yeah. co-founder isn't an immigrant, yeah. or we just want to hire somebody and they're the right fit, but they are not a U.S. citizen. And I just think that for very large companies, they may have been through this and it's different. And I'm not saying it's easy, but maybe they know the route.
1: It's familiar, at least.
0: Familiar, correct. Yeah. And for the rest of us, it's it's a deterrent that is so big that I will actually welcome, in some cases, a lesser talented, lesser qualified person because I'm afraid of what of trying I have to go this through. alternative,
1: yep. and think of the consequences in terms of innovation, in terms of growth, in terms of wealth creation. If you're seemingly settling because you can't get access to these great people,
0: and the funny thing is, and you you use the right word when you say settling, wrong word, right word, however you want to look at it. We as CEOs try to preach all day long to our team that we don't settle, that we don't do things, take the shortcut, blah blah blah, and yet I probably took a shortcut hiring you, <laughs> like like literally.
1: Anyone who says they don't have to settle in the world of finite resources, finite capital, finite time, finite opportunity. They're pulling your leg. Yeah. Well, I mean everything uh, the is The winners same. are the people who s- have to settle the lease or when they do settle it's on things that don't hurt them if it goes the wrong way.
0: Correct. And they and they become we talk about this on a lot of the shows and blogs about like the Jeff Bezos thing of of like taking the best inter- you know doing the best meeting biggest meetings early in the day yeah. so I can make the the least amount of heavy mistakes. decisions later, least amount of mistakes wins. It's a game of attrition. Yep. And and that that is business and I I think you know I don't know how to describe this. I feel like there's enough of a struggle around finding the right team, whether it's talent, resources, or whatever. Okay. Just all the things that go into building the right team. Completely. That having to add the additional layer of bureaucracy and figuring out how to get people from other countries in here is like, at this point, to me, is almost asinine. It's stupid. I've used that word a lot today, but it's almost stupid that that we have to well, it's, to do it,
1: that. I I don't disagree. It's also unfortunate. Think of an analogized basketball team. Imagine if a, a Notre Dame football team said, we're only going to take kids who played high school football in Indiana. Yeah. Well, why, why would they do that? And ex- extending that out, why wouldn't you want to get if access? If we're talking
0: about football, that would be a terrible decision because they're awful. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that. But you'd be, it'd be very, football. It, would, it would be very limiting. So why would a company, if you believe that companies are comprised of people and you want to get the best people, why would you want to put yourself into a situation where you are not accessing the best people? And what Envoy is all about is trying to democratize and make easier the process of accessing for national talent yep. and then and then retaining them. And it's, you know, ironic. so many of our customers tell us it's like, in a presidential administration, it's all about easing administrative burden. This yeah. is the one area where they're not, notwithstanding demand for four percent GDP, yep. notwithstanding negative unemployment for STEM, notwithstanding chronic imbalance in the supply and de- supply of U.S. born STEM talent and the demand for it. Why are we picking out on this one area? Everyone knows why, yeah. uh, but it's query the wisdom of it when uh, U.S. employers saying, "Listen, I'd much rather hire a, a native born." It's perhaps less expensive, it's probably more certain. I'd much prefer that. But now I can't find them because there's not enough of them. So I want to ask how, and I, I guess
0: I, I know the story basically, but I'd yeah. like to know how you got into this problem to solve because it's, sure. it is one that, you know, from a business standpoint, It you are a little bit, you know, not necessarily directly, but you are a little bit Dependent on the way that this country is politicized, things yes, it makes a huge deal as to whether there's a lot of demand for you yeah. or not a lot of demand. And, and a lot of people try to avoid, obviously, starting businesses that are not sort of pre built subject
1: with, to the winds, correct? Yeah. Yes, correct. Yeah, well, c- a couple things there. I got into the space, I was very lucky, I was one of the earlier uh, employees at cars.com and apartments.com. Yep. Uh, ran apartments at the end we sold that realized i love chicago from chicago want to stay in chicago heard about this and thought it was a chance to marry my background as a lawyer that's how i started out and then my background my experience running technology businesses to put these together so is our business subject to macroeconomic trends yes However, is every business subject to macro trends yeah. of one form or another? Without a doubt, yep. so ours is now. The good news in our faces, we have a very large uh, addressable market. Over three billion dollars, with a B billion, is spent by U.S. employers bringing people into the United States on employment-based uh, uh, work authorization every year. Three billion. Now, in addition, we also help companies seeking to get work authorization overseas. That is. At least three billion, yeah, probably, probably much more. More, that, yeah. more difficult to quantify. So, uh, uh, if, as the wind blows, that can be constraining. However, we, such an enormous tam it doesn't matter. Paradoxically, when the, the Trump was elected. We, we couldn't tell which way this was going to cut. Weirdly, it's been very helpful for us. It's as if there's a new sheriff in town, and if you're going 57 and a 55, you're going to be pulled over now. Yeah. And so now we can help companies make sure they're not going 57 unwittingly.
0: The, so to com- your point, the, pol- the political piece of this really made – Uh, your business
1: much more urgent. Without it, much more urgent, much more focused within the C-level and the CHRO. CEOs, a bunch of surveys have shown one of the CEO's top three concerns beyond trade and geopolitical and climate is access to talent. And so now uh, the immigration landscape and the rise of nativism has made the question of getting foreign national talent very, very it's elevated, which has yeah. been good for us. The focus on compliance has been very, very good for us. So we've been lucky since last I saw you. We up last year about forty-two percent. This year we're off to a very, very strong start, very early. So this uh, administration has paradoxically and surprisingly, in some regards, been very positive for us.
0: Well, it's like you know, it's like anything else. I mean, there's we talked about supply and demand here. You you create this this need and Mm -hmm. you sort of squeeze a situation all of a sudden it goes up to the top and you're in that spot where it's like, I I don't wish that we had a a political climate that squeezed it for you. It made it more important right now.
1: That, 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 that is exactly right. It's, it, for all the reasons you said, issues has been elevated, shortage persists, companies are trying to grow, many elements of the economy are still very strong, we need more people, how can we help? We can help them both get the worker authorization and we can help yep. make sure they stay compliant. So it's been good. And also the interesting thing about our space is, it's, some fields of law wouldn't lend themselves what we do. Ours, immigration, very much lends itself. Immigration's very form-heavy, it's very process-heavy, it's very data-heavy. Wouldn't you want to utilize all the benefits of technology to simplify and expedite the process? So my old life as a corporate lawyer, technology might help a little bit. Here it can very, very positively augment the service delivery. So it's been a, it's been, it's a great idea at a very good time. So tell I don't know if you can
0: speak on this, but like the immigrants themselves who are coming to this this country, have you mm-hmm. noticed a difference in their their want to come here or their? Just all of that, like, what has changed yeah, as far question. as the, the sort of environment?
1: Yes, yeah. correct. We do a big survey every year, so perfect. Thank you for asking. Uh, we do it with Harris, formerly Nielsen, 400 HR professionals across the country, Fortune 10 companies all the way to promising startups like the folks you would be having on yep. this show. The single biggest, think of all the things that have changed in immigration in the last two years, yep. the single biggest change is to the foreign national and the foreign national's anxiety in particular. Their anxiety is through the roof. I'm sure. Can they work here? Can they live here? Can they transfer to a better job here? Can their spouse work here? Can they ultimately get a green card? So foreign national anxiety is gone exponentially up, and that's more change there than in any other field. All the regulations are changing, the enforcement is changing, the compliance requirements are changing. Those all pale compared to foreign national anxiety. And do we want to have a society in a country, that I think the question is, where Canada's putting out the welcome mat. China is putting out the welcome mat. We know China is now ahead of us on AI. Yeah. We know that uh, Canada is growing leaps once Canada had more tech jobs than half the United States, including the Bay Area. And so, Query, what's the wisdom of making it so perilous for the foreign national and uncertain for the em- employer. And that's the thing we keep hearing over and over and over from those we serve.
0: Not to head strongly down the political pipeline here, but it, it's just funny to me that this, and it, it's even, I don't know that it's funny, it's almost tragic, uh, that people of a certain whatever don't seem to see this. And maybe yeah. if I'm wrong here, by all means, jump ahead of it. I I look at the what has happened in the last few years about immigration. Mm-hmm. And what I see as a business operator is I see a a group of people who maybe do jobs that are not the high-level, high-paying jobs who are here illegally or yep. are here tentatively yep. and are not going to file properly to become a citizen because they're afraid that by doing so, they're immediately going to get pulled and, and thrown out. That's right. And those who we would, not that we don't want those people as well, yeah. but those, because they do jobs that a lot of American citizens won't don't do. Yep. But those who we do absolutely want, those yep. same people that we are bringing here to go to education at Northwestern and Chicago and all these other places. I.T., yeah. We're telling them, we're not telling them. We're basically making them be nervous about coming here. So yeah. we're pushing out the ones that we really, really want. Yeah. And we're basically making the people who are here who we had on the track to become naturalized disappearing yeah. but staying here. Yeah. So we've done we've actually done more harm than good on every single front of this if you step back and look at it economically.
1: Yeah, I, um I, I can't disagree with that. Our focus is much more on that second. Sure, of course. Uh, and you're exactly right. What is the wisdom of bringing the people here to educate them at great schools, giving them great educations, and then say- Send go, them away. Go, go to China or Canada. Go what are play, you doing? Go play for the other team. Uh, why would you do that? Particularly it in a world- It sounds like a White Sox fan. That's what that <laughs> sounds like.
0: We're going to groom you
1: and turn you into somebody good, and then we're just going to send get, you away. Get rid of you. Yeah. But particularly in an environment where there aren't enough- People to fill these jobs where we're trying to grow the economy, where we're relaxing so many other regulatory strictures. Why are we doing it? And it's, it it, it really begs the question, particularly, it, it, I think it's a reflection of the general partisan times, not yeah. a, no, a no, shattering yeah. observation. Yeah. And then you've got the whole other question, which I'm not as nearly as versed on, is the folks who are. Doing jobs that many folks don't want to do—that one I'm less qualified. Yes. But I. Um,
0: but as a as a human being and a citizen and a smart one at that, I think it's easy for us to just nod our head at that. <laughs> like this is a podcast, you can't see us, but this is us nodding our head. Uh, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's yeah. it's, it's a crazy situation. So yeah. I want to. Kind of end our conversation about how to help those that are startups or big businesses for that matter. Uh, What are the one to three things Mm -hmm. uh, that you recommend any of these companies do to to at least set themselves up? Uh, Whether that's calling you directly or whatever.
1: Well, I'd love to say call us. We'd love to help, but that would be a bit self-serving. If you want to call us, great. Our uh, website is www.envoyglobal.com We help companies from very promising startups all the way up to Fortune 40 companies. We're lucky in Chicago We represent some of the big, successful, uh, and some of the real up-and-comers. My other pieces of advice, now more than ever, you need professional help. Uh, denials are up dramatically under the current administration. What's an, an RFE is called the Request for Evidence. They want more information to support your application. Those are up exponentially. For these reasons, uh, site visits are up exponentially. You need to have a professional. So, whether you are an enormous company and you already know this, or a small company you might not, this is not one of these things to scrimp on. Instead, reach out, get professional help, somebody who has helped and done hundreds, if not thousands, or tens of thousands of employment based you need help it's not terribly expensive that'd be number one second thing is don't close the door to hiring foreign national talent it's out there you can get it with proper counsel you can win and you can get access without settling f- yeah. to the best but you need to if you say i'm not going to look at foreign nationals because of the risk i think you are uh, limiting yourself to the pool of candidates that might be able to help you i'll, I'll leave it to those two
0: yeah no i i appreciate it. i think i I would say the exact same thing. I totally agree with you. Um, So as you may or may not know, we have a a segment of the show called the Startup Showcase. And the gist of it is, and everyone listening knows the gist already, hopefully, uh, you go to microventures.com, you can register and you can invest in this company that is pitching on the show right now. A minimum of about $100, I think, is for it. The company that's going to be pitching is called CoinSeed. And I will let them go ahead and tell you what they do right now.
1: Hey, guys. um, So, the problem is this, right? So, today, crypto is still confusing, intimidating, and risky for most people. Uh, So, here at CoinSea, we solve these exact problems by letting people to invest their spare change in crypto, so there's less at stake. And also, we let people to earn their cashback rewards in crypto. It's a new feature. So, people can earn free crypto from their daily purchases online and offline. So this way, we ease people into crypto. In other words, people learn crypto by actually investing in it as well as earning it for free, right? Everyone can go to our, just our website, which is uh, CoinSeed. It, it's spelled as it sounds, c o i n s e e d dot c o, just c o, not com.
0: CoinSeed.com is what he was telling you to. So, uh, so Dick, I, I'm I was trying to read your face on this. I'm just going to summarize this before we get there with um, this is the crypto version of Acorns meets Hood. I am a user of both. I'm a user of Acorns. I like to round up everything I spend onto the nearest dollar and throw it into a savings account. Um, we have plenty of people in the room who've played with crypto. Um, I think the premise of saving passively and spending in something else is great. But the question that I'm going to have here and what I'm going to leave to you is the rolling eyes is, is sending your roll-up savings into something that tomorrow could be worth literally nothing saving or is... Speculating?
1: Spe- yeah, speculating. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm not a crypto expert. Uh, one of my New Year's resolutions is to better understand crypto. Okay. We're lucky at Envoy. We represent many of the leading financial players in uh, crypto, synthetic, yep. and, and in fintech. Uh I'm not an investment advisor either. I'll leave that to our friends at U.S. Bank and BFA. Yeah. But I, the notion of saving and putting it into something as speculative and volatile and high beta strikes me as uh, not necessarily wise. Yeah. Now, I, I thought the pitch was interesting in that they said, "Hey, listen, we let you sort of stick your stick your toe in to mitigate your losses, get comfortable before you dive in head first. Yep. There was some appeal in that, but. Uh, I've just all the young kids at our office played with it. They were up enormously and then they were down as you It's enormously. funny how
0: loud they got and then how quiet they yeah, got.
1: Exactly. Both were very noticeable. Monday morning
0: quarterback was both uh, were very noticeable. Uh, no kidding. So yeah, I, I wanna you know, I, I play somewhat of a devil's advocate, but you would you mentioned the fact that uh, you have a plan to try to learn more about it and get more involved. I think for me, the interesting part of CoinSeed is that, is that it does enable me to roll up money that I more or less didn't know I had yeah. and push it into a, a batch of cryptocurrencies and maybe I can learn a little bit or get get involved, a Get exposure to it and exposure. learn
1: about it without betting the ranch. Correct. I thought that was very uh, an yeah. appealing part of the pitch.
0: So I would say, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I would invest in this, just a, you know a little bit of money in this to find out more about it or to kind of see it come to fruition. But I would definitely caveat the whole thing by saying that like, Please don't – this is to coin seed as well as anyone in the space. Please don't pitch this as a savings or as a any investor thing. This is like, yes, it's investing, but like this isn't Acorns. This is like you're more or less taking money you didn't know you had. Yeah. And if you strike it rich, you get to have a big mouth in the office on Monday. But if it goes away – Uh, So too
1: may you. (laughs) To the extent I understand it, I think that's. I I completely agree with you, Scott. Awesome. Yeah.
0: I like. I like that when people agree with me. That makes me feel so good. Um, But no, thank Dick. Thank you so much for coming back in again. I, I think what you guys are doing is incredibly important, as I've as I've mentioned to you before. Um, And I think that Chicago. I've had multiple conversations with people as we look at companies from outside of Chicago, but also outside of the country. uh, That Chicago is that one unique place, unlike it's unlike San Francisco, unlike New York, where. We do better as a mixed tribe, yep. and I think that ultimately uh, having an Envoy Global here as, as someone who can help us bring in the best resources from all over the world makes us the, the best connector city, and that is good for everyone.
1: I, I totally agree with you, and I, I love Chicago. I know you do. Don't we want Chicago to ke- keep, keep growing and getting bigger? It kills me when I see that we're lagging the coast in still all these areas. Why, why are we going to limit ourselves uh, on the talent side of the equation? Let's catch up and beat these. I
0: don't know why people – I really don't. I ask this question on almost every show. Why does Chicago try to brand itself as, like, Silicon Valley of the Midwest? Like, it's so stupid. Like, sure. we should be, like, Chicago's open to everyone. Everyone yeah. should come here. If you're from out of this country, come here. Yeah. Uh, Rahm Emanuel is still the mayor, and so right now he still has an open welcome mat there. That's right. And, and take up – JB is now here, like –
1: Jump on Bingo. Come here. Amen. Come here. And then Amen. call
0: Envoy Global so he can Amen get you working that. over at another light bank company somewhere. <laughs> Amen to that, too. It'll be all too. good. Awesome. Thank thanks you, for, so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. You can learn more about upcoming Technori events, investment opportunities. Check out the blog at Technori.com. Download the podcast at Spotify. Follow us on social at Technori, or you can follow me at Katoon. Boom. That's a wrap.